thankful for everyone in the house of the Lord that was able to come out and worship with us tonight. Um, before we get started, I'm going to take a couple minutes. I usually don't do this, but I just feel like there's a spirit of anxiety or anxiousness in the house of the Lord tonight. Like there is, there's just somebody that's going through something that's so extreme that it's your heart rate's racing. You got things going through your mind. You can't stop thinking about this one particular issue. I don't know what that it would be, but I want to pray for you tonight. And I don't know who that it is, but I believe that God is going to meet somebody in a special way this evening in the sanctuary. And I believe that my God of peace, as He begins to come in, and as He begins to walk up and down these aisles and the power of the Holy Spirit moves in this sanctuary, that chains are going to be broken off from your life. I believe for addiction to be healed. I believe for anxiety to be healed. I believe uh, for fear for hearts to be healed. Uh, we're just praying for a supernatural work of God in this place this evening. And we're, we're getting ready to finish um, the fifth part of the toolbox study. Can you turn that down just a, just a notch, brother? It's ringing pretty. Yeah. I think that's, is that a lot better for you guys? It's a little loud, man. I, I'm loud naturally. You give me a microphone and things are about to happen. Oh, <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Those of you that's been attending our Sunday night recovery meetings, Freedom Ministry, over the past several weeks, uh, know that we've been going through five steps that the Lord outlines in His Word, a spiritual truth that we take part of, that we take hold of, to apply to our life, for God's presence to be built in our life more and more on a daily basis. For us to be able to receive strength of the Lord, for us to be able to walk in God's freedom that He desires to give each and every one of His children. Jeremiah 29.11 says that, I have thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Do you know God thinks something of you tonight? He has thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give us a future and a hope. Amen? We just want to speak... Tonight, the love of the Lord. We just want to speak to those that feel that they maybe have had no future, those whose futures have been forfeited, or think that there's nothing on the horizon. Jesus, my God has something for you in the house tonight. Uh, and I pray that this holiday season be a special time for you, that you be able to connect with the family of God, whether it's here in this place or wherever it is that you're visiting from, that God just starts building people around you each and every day. That His presence is just so strong around you that you'll be encouraged, that you'll get text messages, maybe a phone call, that God will start placing you in an atmosphere strategically throughout the week in order for you to receive His Word, in order for you to receive His blessing. And how many of you know in the house of the Lord tonight that God's blessing and God's encouragement most generally comes from another person? Amen? That's why God is a relational God. He calls us to be relational people. And it's in those times where we become isolated that we, that we uh, pull back from the body of Christ that we feel the most alone. So this is a place of freedom. I just want you to know in the house of the Lord tonight that this is a place that you can come and that you can be free in the Lord. This is a place where you can come, that you can talk about problems, that you can, that you can talk about things that you might not be able to talk about anywhere else. Amen? Because most of the people that's sitting in these chairs have either come through or are in the process of coming through hell and high water themselves. Extreme life-controlling issues, extreme situations and circumstances that God is moving, has moved, is in the process of moving right now in order to set us free. Oh, our context tonight is going to be out of Matthew 5.37. The fifth part of the toolbox study, we're going to be addressing boundaries. So we started in week one where we talked about forgiveness, how forgiveness sets the stage 
for God to be able to do the supernatural work in and through our life by the power of the cross. Right? That we, as we have been forgiven, that we also are able to extend that forgiveness to somebody else. And that we're also able to extend that forgiveness even to our own person. And sometimes we are the hardest people to forgive. Because when you fail time and time again, or you've experienced certain situations in life that you have been the main cause of the problem, sometimes as we grow and sometimes as we start walking and we come to know the Lord, and uh, you know we may have no problem forgiving people from our past that has harmed us, but we'll have a problem of forgiving ourselves. So we carry a condemnation and guilt that's unhealthy to our spirit. Hey, Romans uh, Romans eight one he says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Those who walk according to the Spirit that walk not according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. We went and we moved from forgiveness into obedience, and we learned how that disobedience is the same as witchcraft, as we learned in Samuel. Uh, and we, we talked about uh, learning how to read God's Word and, and prayerfully meditating on the truth of God's Word. And for it not to just be a word on paper, but that we start applying His commandments and we start applying His promises in the way that He desires for us to live into our daily life. Amen. We move from obedience into thanksgiving. Learning how to be thankful men and women of God. Oh, that we're not ungrateful, but that we're able to see, even in the midst of all of our chaos, the good things that God is doing for each and every one of us. You may feel in the house, Lord, that there's nothing good happening in your life. You're here tonight. You're breathing air right now in this sanctuary. You don't have handcuffs on. You're not slammed beside... 16 foot of brick and mortar and chain link fence and razor wire all around it. Amen? That's something to be thankful for. Listen, the place where I come from, in the place where most of you come from, if nothing else in life ever happens that seems to be good, the fact that I'm not locked up in the penitentiary right now today is enough for me to raise my hand and lift my head to the Lord when the sun comes up to say, thank you, God, for giving me another day. Now take that, Satan. Amen? Thanksgiving is a huge part of our Christian walk, learning how to be thankful, learning to be men and women of gratitude. The enemy never wants us to come into that place of revelation because as long as he keeps us focused on what we don't have, we'll never be able to walk in the blessing of what God has for us already right now, let alone what he has in store for us in the future. Jesus, hope is cut off in an instant. Jeremiah 29.11, the second part of the promise, just stops right there on the page. Because we know He has good thoughts towards us, but because we become so sour and we become so infected with this poison of bitterness and ungratitude that God can't unlock the door of the heavens for the things that He wants to give us for the future of hope. To give us a future of something of joy, of peace, which is found in His presence. So we move from learning to be thankful uh, men and women of God and of praise and to be able to take captive the atmosphere. And as Brother Chad was saying this morning, to be able to shift it, to be the thermostat, to change the temperature around us that we're not changed by our circumstances, but we learn that our circumstances is not our identity. And we begin to speak to our circumstances, our identity in Christ Jesus. We move from from thanksgiving into relationships. We just finished the study over the past couple weeks on what it looks like to build godly relationships into our life. Because the relationships that you have around you today is going to be a direct result. It's, It's going to dictate what happens for tomorrow. It's going to, the relationships that you have around you right now are going to play a huge role in where you are a year from now. Not just the relationships that you have in your physical communication, but the type of relationships that we have on our cellular devices, 
on our mass media platforms. Amen. We went for two weeks and we have been talking about writing down, building new contacts into our phone systems, into our computers, into our laptops, into our tablets to go through and analyze uh, what we spend the most time feeding into our mind and our spirit that we are allowing to speak to us and that we talk back to. How much of those things are leading us deeper into the relationship and presence of God? And how many of those things are taking us further away from God? For us to put that down on paper. And we look at it in black and white. And then we make a conscious decision to say, I want to put God first. Some of these people, some of these platforms are not taking me in the direction that I'm desiring to go in my relationship with the Lord. So I'm called to a choice. That's one of the hardest things for men and women to do. Especially if you live alone and you're in a place of isolation and uh, you, know, you don't have a wife, a husband, you don't have kids, grandkids. Um, you go to an empty house every night and it seems like the only thing that you have is your phone or your laptop or your tablet. Don't fall into that trap of isolation, of feeling like you're isolated and like, and like you're alone. Because as a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit that dwells in you that will minister to you, that wants to come up and encourage you when it seems like there's maybe no one else around. Amen. When you get into God's Word and you start getting into God's presence, and as we start learning how to pray, and we start learning how to be warriors for God, man, you would not believe what happens and what can happen in and through your life by just saying yes to Jesus and putting down some of those little elementary things some of those childish things that are wreaking havoc in our life. Amen. This is Sunday night is Freedom Ministries. This is coming out from underneath the, uh, the power and control of another. Anything that is other than God in our life, in God's presence, of learning how to be able to come out from underneath of those bondages and learning how to stand as men and women of God. Amen. No longer being drug around like a like a dog on a leash by the closest dope man or the closest bag or closest fix or closest liquor store or closest uh, porn site that we can frequent on our phone. Anything that brings us gratification other than God that takes us to places of brokenness and despair and robs us from life to the full. As John 10.10 says, Jesus said, I come that you may have life, right? You may have it more abundantly, but the first part of that verse, he said, look, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you felt stolen from? Have you felt like something has tried to suck your life? Have you felt that weight? You know what that feels like? Jeez, we don't have to live in that place. Amen? As we serve a God, Jesus Christ... Emmanuel, God with us, that don't just set up in the heavens some place that we just, some God that we just pray to, some picture of Jesus or some cross statue that we got up in front of the church. That's the only Jesus that we see. No, I serve a God that's real, that's alive. He's alive in me. He's alive in you tonight. Jesus. It's time we awaken our spirit. It's time that we start calling out those things. It's time that we come together as men and women of God as we're seeking freedom. Because see, if you want to be set free bad enough and you're led to the right source, that's a game changer. Because a man or woman that's been set free by the power of God, there's something special that happens. Amen? We ain't got to run around with a downcast look. You know, we don't have to run around in that place of misery because our finances are in the bucket. We ain't got to run around with downcast face and depressed because things ain't working out in life and relationships with our job, different things. Because when you build on the one relationship that will stand, Everything else will fade in the backdrop. Your situation and circumstance may not change, but I can promise you by the power of God, you will change in the middle of it. 
Jesus. And because you've been changed, transformed by the power of God. Amen. Those things that seek and rob and steal and kill your life will no longer take reign and precedence over your life. And there is freedom and there's hope in the power of God. Tonight, we're going to unlock the fifth part of this study of this truth on boundaries of how God will use godly boundaries in our life as a measuring tape, so to speak, to cut pieces of our life to exact proportion for it to be fit to our life. It was such exactness and perfection that when the power of God when, when He is able to move in areas of our life that we're seeking to be added to, that when it's cut by God, and when it's added to our life, the enemy has no ability to be able to take and to pry those things back off. Amen? Relationships. Husbands. Wives. Oh, when the power of God cuts your marriage... And it's built upon godly principles. The enemy will never be able to pry that peace back off from you. Jesus. Amen. Relationships with our, with our children. Learning what it means to be a godly man or woman on the work, in the, in the workplace. To be able to hold a job, to be consistent in order to make a consistent paycheck. Amen. When those things are cut by the power of God in our life, we're no longer having to run back and forth to what used to be. There used to be unemployment offices years ago. Oh, We're no longer going through the job ads, blowing through one job to the next, but we're able to stand. Amen? Thank you, God. Matthew 5.37, Jesus says, this is so simple, but we complicate it so much because it's really caused us to a yes or no answer. You want to be free? Lord says, let your yes be no and let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than this is from the evil one. Ooh. That's strong. You want to be free from drugs? You want to be free from alcohol? You want to be free from porn addiction? You want to be free from anger? Don't be free from bitterness. Don't be free from slander, from being a backbiter. You want to be free from these things? Jesus said there's only one way. He said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He says, I call the whole world to a place of decision to say yes or no to Jesus. To say yes or no to forgiveness. To say yes or no to obedience. To say yes or no to thanksgiving. To say yes or no to, to relationships. To say yes or no to boundaries. And I want you to know that no matter what battle that you are in tonight, no matter what place where you are right now, we're going to go into Joshua 10 for just a minute. I, I want to show you a story of how God moved in the Old Testament of how He loves His people so much. You know that God stopped the sun from setting for His children? They think, I don't know this to be exact, but they think maybe that might be where the leap year comes from. I, I don't, I've heard that. I've read that. I don't know how true that is. But it is recorded in the Scripture, and there is proof in the physical that the sun stopped for... Almost 24 hours. In Joshua 10, I relate the story of Joshua so much to our spiritual life today because there's so many, there's so many truths in God's Word in Joshua alone of deliverance that God still uses today. His method has never changed. See, and sometimes we can become so focused on the New Testament and we don't read the Old Testament to learn the character of God that sometimes we can never bridge the two together. But it's when we start to study both that we learn who God truly is. See, 
And in Joshua 10, we had a group of people that had lived in bondage. Most of these people that you read about starting in Joshua 1 have been wandering a desert, man, their whole life. They don't know anything other than the struggle. How provided that during that period of time, God had fed them manna from heaven. Oh, there had been, they had seen and they had even heard these people about the mighty works of God. And they'd witnessed some of these things, but they're in a desert, man. Could you imagine living your life in a desert in the heat of the blistering, scorching sun with the scorpions and everything under the sun that's out there in the desert that's seeking to take your life? You lay your head down at night and they love to crawl out from the cool places in the sand and one sting or one bite from some of these things and insects. You don't wake up the next morning. You're living in stinking tents, man. Ain't got some shacks built up out there, some brick out. They're living in tents on the sand, man. And here this group of people, God speaks to them in a powerful way. And He says, look, there's a promise that I gave your ancestors for freedom. You've been moving all this time into a place of promise. Just like some of you have heard through the house of God your whole life. Jeremiah 29.11, right? It's on every bumper sticker in town. Christian bumper sticker. You know, I know the thoughts, the Lord says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future, a future and a hope. And how many has never been able to experience that, but God calls us to it. He says, it's here in my word, but some of us, we seem like, man, I've never been able to grab a hold of this thing. I've never been able to grab a hold of these promises of God. I've heard ministers speak, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, where is it for me? Amen. They think, Lord, I'm in the desert. I'm fainting right now. When's my strength going to be renewed? Oh, when am I ever going to fly like an eagle, man? I'm tired of struggling. That's what these people were doing. They were struggling in the desert, but this minister comes to them, and all through Joshua, he's saying, look, people, the promises of God are real. There is a hope. We're about to take the ground. You're about to walk into that place of promise. And I want to declare that over to you tonight. We're about to take the ground in this place. The power of God's about to take ground in your heart. And if you listen to the voice of God, not Jeremiah Jeffers, but the Scripture and the power of God, your life will be forever transformed and changed. Jesus, I'm tired of watching the enemy take and rob from people around me that I love and care about the most. Struggling, man. Struggling to come off the bar stool. Struggling to come up out of the dope house. Struggling to stop stealing. Struggling to stop watching pornography. Struggling to stop being an angry, bitter individual run around that just flies off at the drop of a hat. Man, I'm sick and tired of watching the enemy wreak havoc in the people around me that I love. Jesus. We're about to thump Satan over the head tonight. Amen. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Joshua starts declaring to these people this freedom. And in this process, he, he required God through him, as God was speaking to Joshua, required certain things from these people. And we're not going to go through all of it, but I want to go through one key aspect of this freedom. Before they actually started going in, and they had some of the greatest victories that they ever experienced in their life. In Joshua chapter 10, is where right after that they go through this huge battle with Ai. There's this land called Ai. They've been defeated once in this place. And then God, because of disobedience in the camp, and God purges that disobedience in these stolen uh, articles that have been taken and the stolen merchandise that God had demanded be given to Him, by this man Achan, and he gets caught out in front of the whole assembly. And God calls him to a place of accountability. Right after this, the Lord tells him, He says, look, 
Now I want you to go back and I want you to battle this battle once again. Hey, some of you have lost battles in the past against drugs, against alcohol. Some of you have lost battles against pornography. Some of you have lost battles against anger, against these, these things, these life-controlling issues that seem to come upon us that we can't seem to ever break free from. Let me declare to you tonight, let's battle once again. But something has to happen first before we take this battlefield because we can't take it the same way that we always have. Jesus. I want to show you something in God's Word that if you open your mind and your heart to this truth will be the catalyst through the power of Jesus Christ and the resurrected Christ to take you to places that you could never even dream of. Take you to a place of freedom to where you're no longer controlled by these emotional ties. To where you're able to become the husband. You're able to become the wife. You're able to become the father. You're able to become the son, the daughter that God has called you to be. Jesus. He said, son, go take the battlefield once again. They take the battlefield and they take everything in that land. They defeat King Ai. And then the next thing you know, as we come into Joshua 10, that all these people around start seeing the victory that Joshua and these people are experiencing. But so see, the reports are going out. See, when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, God starts changing things, starts transforming you you know, you're starting to cut off ties that you had in the past. You're starting to become a new man, a new woman. You don't talk the same way. You don't think the same way. You're starting to build the character of God in and through your life. And then the Word starts going out. And it starts to go out all around you. And then the next thing you know, you got every hater in Evansville, Madisonville, Henderson, Kentucky that's mad because you're now standing in a place that they want to be, but they don't know how to get there. So they're jealous. They're mad. They hate on you. And the next thing you know, they heap up every arsenal that they can to try to tear you down. Next thing you know, we're on Facebook. And we're battling Facebook messages. Facebook warriors. Who cares what they think, man? You know what I mean? If you ain't man or woman enough, come say it to my face. I ain't got time for it. Come on, somebody. We get all ate up over these reports and things that come through. TikTok, Messenger, these things. It's the haters. Here it is. Joshua 10, they had haters. They had whole nations. I'm not talking one or two people. I'm talking about nations of armies coming against them. Come on, somebody. It'd be like you having the whole state of Illinois coming against you. Ain't no one in that place right now. But that's where they find themselves. Woo! It got heavy for them. They're having these victories and now there's all these people, these rumors are starting and now these people start collaborating together. And there's these five kings from these different lands, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. They all come together in this place and they make this pact, man. And they say, look, these people are taking the ground around us. What happens when they come and overtake us? Man, we gotta do something. Amen. We can't allow this to happen. And they, they heap up this, uh, alliance together. And the next thing you know, here they're coming against Joshua and these children of Israel, man, that have been going through so much pain. You know what it's like when you've struggled your whole stinking life and you get a little break, just a little bit. Of, of just freedom. Just to be able to say, and someone comes with a baseball bat and takes your kneecaps out. Come on, man. I'm talking, you lose your job, your people's false reports being said against you. There's all kinds of things happening. Your family's coming against you. There's all this division that's starting to happen. Man, 
And the Lord's like, hold on, guys. Because I'm going to put this story in the Bible for you so you can draw strength from it so these same battles don't cause you to fail. And as these five kings come together and they're on this battlefield and the Lord tells Joshua, this this one city comes up and asks him for help, the men of Gibeon. And he says, Joshua, you've made an alliance with us. Will you come help us? See? They knew that they was that they was in the heat of something that they wasn't able to take control of, that they wasn't able to handle themselves. So they come to the church. They reach out to the men and women of God that's pressing into the things of God where something's happening in their life. And they say, look, I'm fighting a battle. There's things coming up against me that I ain't got the power and I don't have the strength of me to handle on my own. Will you come help me? This is a prayer ministry, man. Uh, This is discipleship. And Joshua says, absolutely. Let's go take the enemy. Amen. And he takes them out on this field and they're battling and they got all these thousands of people coming up against them. And then Joshua prays before, before the Lord. He says, God, will you stop the sun from setting for these people? And the Lord stopped the sun in its place and kept it daylight until the Lord says that they killed every single one of the enemies that had been assembled against them. Wiped them all out. You know, the Lord will do that for you tonight. He will stop the sun for you tonight. Jesus. But you know what was... Something as we read through uh, chapter 10 that happened. You know, all these people, all these enemies that come up against the children of God lost their lives this day. But these five instigators, these... These five men that were behind the scene controlling the events, they take off running. Okay? And they find themselves, they go hide and they find themselves in this cave. Right? And they're hiding there fearing for their life in this dark cave. Jesus. Well, the people come to Joshua and they say, Joshua, five nations come against us. The kings, the leaders, we found them hiding in this cave. Hey, Joshua says, he says, man, you know what? Roll a big rock over that sucker until we get there to handle business. Or they roll this big stone over this cave and then Joshua comes with all the leaders, these men. And men, this is a call to us tonight. Not just men, but women of God that's leaders in your home that's taking a stand for the things of God. We're going to relate these five kings tonight to these five spiritual truths that we've been studying in the toolbox ministry of spirits that want to come upon us to take ground that is rightfully ours. To take ground that God wants to give you. And see, these kings, freedom coming out from underneath the power control of another, just because you win one victory here and there, doesn't mean that the instigator behind it, that spirit, right, is not finding its place in the darkness in your home, inside of your heart where it goes into hiding, just waiting for the next moment to come out. Jesus. We fight against the king of unforgiveness. We fight against the king of disobedience. We fight against the king of ungratefulness. We fight against the king of isolation. That's opposite relationship. And we fight against the king that calls itself a free spirit that just wants to go and live life and do whatever in the world that we want to do with no boundary and no control. And as the Lord directed the man of God in this passage, so do we direct you tonight, each and every one of our lives. 
Joshua goes to this cave. He says, okay, boys, now roll back the stone. Now, I believe this to be a direct representation of Christ. When was another stone rolled away? At the tomb. But what come out of it was life. But you see, the enemy said that the Lord says that Jesus took captivity captive in the Scripture for you and me. So we can have freedom today. As they rolled this stone away from this entrance to this cave, Joshua, the man of God, instructed the men of God. He said, now come on, men. I'm not going to do it. I'm instructing you. You go into that dark place. You pull those kings out. And you bring them out into the light. And when you do, you put your foot on their neck, son. And don't let him up. That's what we're called to tonight. We take unforgiveness out of that dark place of our heart. Unsurrendered areas. And we drag them out into the presence of the Lord. And we step our foot on it. We take disobedience out from the cave and those crevices of our heart. And we take him out and cast him into God's light. And we put our foot on that king's neck. We take ungratefulness and we take it out of those crevices and dark places of our heart and we cast it into God's light and we say, man of God, take Him out and put your foot on its neck. What's its neck? Its neck is its source of life. That's how it breathes. He says, I want to choke this thing out inside of you if you will allow me. But I need you to do something in the process. I need you to recognize the King is there. I need you to recognize that he's in hiding. I need you to recognize how many times he's come out of the cave and he's taken you back captive. Aren't you sick and tired of being a slave? If you're tired of being a slave, then we gotta go to the slave master. Amen? And we gotta break his neck. Come on, somebody. We gotta drag out of the cave that king of isolation that makes us feel like we're just all alone in this thing, man, because we haven't been instructed, we, we hadn't come into the body of Christ where we can learn about godly relationships and how important they are to our spiritual growth. And we take that isolation king and we put our foot on its neck. We take our boundarylessness and we think that we are our own. And we make our own decisions apart from God. And we do what we want, how we want, when we want. And we take that unaccountable spirit out of the crevices of our heart and cast Him into God's light tonight. And we put our foot on its neck. And then something else had to happen as the man of God come through. He come through with these poles like these big javelins. And he takes these kings, see these men cared enough about their life and they cared enough about the territory that God had given them and their families. And they're standing there in obedience to God's Word. They've recognized the king. They've recognized the authority that's not supposed to be there. And as they got their foot on its neck, now comes the man of God with a javelin, with a stick, and he spears those men through. And he sticks it in the ground and he hangs them on a pole. And they're laying there, spear through. And he says he leaves them there all day until the night, till the blood is drained out of their body. Until they died on the pole. And then he takes their dead bodies, jerks them back off the pole, throws it back into the cave and rolls the stone in front of the cave for them to never come back out again. Jesus, thank you, God. Church, men and women of God, this is where true victory lies. When we allow the presence of God to come and infiltrate our life, and we start applying these truths of God's Word to our life, and we say, you know what, Satan? You're not hiding here any longer. But see, if you don't care enough about the ground that you're intended to have, 
and you're just comfortable where you are with the status quo, or you're comfortable coming into it and just getting a taste of the goodness of God and the promise of God. And then stop right there and let the enemy come in and take that piece of ground and drag you uh, 150 miles back the other direction that you just come from. You're never going to be able to maintain it. You're never going to be able to do it on your own. Every time that you come into a little bit of freedom, you will lose it. Again and again. Every time you get your kids back, they'll be jerked back from your arms. Every time you get freedom from the law and from incarceration, you'll find yourself back in the newspaper or on the news channel or running for your life once again. Every time your wife or your husband comes back and the Lord starts to restore just a little bit of peace, it'll be ripped from your grasp. And the Lord says, until these things are dealt with, until these kings are drug out of this cave, and until we start meditating on the things of God, long enough for God to be able to move, and we drag it out and we put our foot on its neck and we impale it in the light of God's Word and in His presence, we won't be able to go to the next place of victory. See, after this... They go in this great conquest to the Southland and then on and on. And there was one victory after another in the lives of these men and women of God until you come to the end of Joshua and God assembles this group of people together and they make a covenant together before God under this oak tree. And they say, Joshua, the Lord, the Lord asked Joshua to ask them, make a decision today of who you're going to serve. Joshua says, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And the Lord said that their voice, what come off from their lips that day, was held record in heaven of their decision. And those men and women lived in the blessing and the promise of God the rest of the days of their life. Until a next generation come up, right? the siblings grew up, And it's just the same old thing back again. Why? Because there's a message in all that. In the process, we lose focus sometimes when we've been in the blessing long enough that we become complacent in the things of God and we stop teaching and passing down the truth of God, the power of God, the experiences of God, and the next generation fails. Jesus, thank You, Lord. I pray that tonight your yes would be yes and your no would be no. If you're in a place of confusion, the Lord says that He's not the author of confusion. He'll bring you clarity tonight. You say, well, I don't know how. I've been trying this thing, but I just don't know how to get there. That's okay. That's okay. Because nobody does apart being led by the only one that does know. And that's Jesus Christ. But as we grow in the knowledge of God's Word and the truth of God's Word and be be able to experience more of God's freedom, through time, we're able to start pouring those things out to others. And we're able to start taking other people's hand and saying, look man, I found the answer. His name is Jesus. Let's learn how to start following Jesus together. Your family's failing... Your marriage is failing. You're failing in all these areas of life. We got the answer. His name is Jesus. Amen. But we fling the name of Jesus around today like people do the word love. It means nothing. The name has no power because it's coming from the lips of the powerless. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. And those that's been set free by the power of God will be given a voice in these last days. they become a staff holder. They'll be able to split the chaos in the lives of others. And we take captive the enemy in this place. Jesus. Every week we come in, we go into these deep studies, this truth of God's Word. Not just about the Word, but it's about Jesus. 
And through His Word and through the power of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, He sets man free. Thank you, God. Psalm 147.3, the Lord says that He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. We're going to close this study with this, as we mentioned from the beginning. 1 John 1.9, the Lord says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to know tonight that it does not matter how far away that you have gone or what you have done. My God has the power to forgive. My God has the ability to come into those broken places of your life where it seems to be there is no hope and no peace and bring you the greatest thing that has ever hit this planet. That's the presence of Almighty God. Jesus. As we learn in this verse, you know back in Bible times, we say this over and over, so we learn, you know, when a man or woman was caught guilty of a crime, there's many different punishments that they could experience, but one punishment that they could receive was to be drugged to death behind a horse or, or an animal through the rocks and through the desert to where they received so many wounds and they drug them long enough until they died. The Lord says, if you confess your sins, I'll be faithful and just to forgive you a sin and I'm going to wipe away the account. I'm going to cut the rope that life has been dragging you and you've been receiving these afflictions and this pain and your life seems over and over. I'm going to cut the rope. But after He cuts the rope, He says, now I need you to allow me to come in and to saddle your wounds. I want to cleanse you from the very spiritual torment that has been afflicting your life. I want to clean you from the inside out. I want to heal those bleeding, festering sores that have been hurting you and your family for so long. Will you allow me to come saddle you tonight? That's what that Scripture means in Psalm 147.3. He come to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up their wounds. That word bind in the Hebrew literally meant to saddle. It meant to cover. He has a healing ointment from heaven that can heal all wounds. You say, well, no drug, no sexual encounter, no, no any type of, of shiny thing has ever been able to heal the wound that I have from my childhood. There's never been anything, anybody on the face of this planet that has ever been able to bring any type of relief to this pain that I've been carrying that only I know. But God says that I have an oil that's foreign to mankind. He says I have a healing and a bandage at the hospital haven't even invented yet and haven't been found in a laboratory somewhere. I've got the healing power that man knows nothing about because it don't come from man. It comes by the presence of Almighty God. And when His ointment is placed on those festering wounds, there's a healing that comes that's so supernatural. You say, well, how can a man that's so broken that just come out of the penitentiary that has nothing, that's caught in not so many, that's caught in such... Uh, financial burdens, trying to find a job, trying to do these things, has the joy of the Lord on their heart. It's because that man or woman has had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes into your life, your situation and circumstance will not dictate your joy or your praise. Jesus. We need some men and women of praise in the house of the Lord. Amen. We need some men and women that have the tenacity, that has the strength that has the desire to come up and shake the gates of hell. Why? Because when you've been freed from hell, amen, what else can you do but go back to the gates to drag someone else out of the bondage that God had brought you out of? Amen. Thank you, God. I believe that's what God's doing in the house tonight. He's bringing together a group of men and women that's been drugged for too long. God has cut the rope. You've been forgiven. But He's about to cleanse some wounds in the house tonight that's never been cleansed before because there's about to be anointment to sin from the throne of God to come upon your mind and your heart. That's the catalyst that takes you to the next place. Jesus. And I'm believing that for somebody in the house of the Lord tonight. Thank you, God. He's been good to us, hasn't He, church? 
Anyone that's been set free by the power of Almighty God, I want to ask for you to come to the front tonight because we're about to have prayer ministry in this place. We're about to shake the gates of hell in Evansville, Indiana, church. And if you have never been set free, and if you're still struggling with the same old things, the same old bondage, the same old afflictions, it's time to go into the cave. And it's time to bring out that king of disobedience, of ungratefulness, of unforgiveness, of ungodly relationships, of that free spirit. Let's put our foot on his neck and let's impale him before the presence of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Woo! If that's you tonight, let's settle business in the house of the Lord. It's time to quit playing games. We're calling you to a choice tonight. God is calling you to a choice. You want to be set free? There's freedom in the house of the Lord tonight where you will never go back. Thank you, God. And we surround ourselves around the body of Christ, around men and women, faithful men and women of God that's able to come and to pray, that's able to help support us, that's able to help lead us into the truth of God's Word. And that's a key element. And some of you have never experienced that. And until you experience that, and what that type of God the relationship is. You will stay in the same stuck place where you are. Jesus. So it's come out tonight. Amen. We're going to stand. I'm going to ask prayer team come up whoever felt led by the Lord to pray tonight. And I don't know if uh, we maybe have a worship song we can put on in the background. But if you need a touch of God tonight, don't you dare leave this sanctuary the same as when you come in. Jesus, take a step. That's all He asks. Just take a step. You ain't got to have all the answers. Thank You, Lord. But we want to help point you to the one that does tonight. Amen. Thank you, God. What a great witness and representation of the power of God and the Spirit of God in this place.